Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all our friends. I want to welcome all of our listeners in the U.S. and around the world. Thank you for tuning in to True Forgiveness Teachings. I'm Jackie Laura Jones with you here again on this Tuesday, April 26, 2018. And I have our good friend, author of The Universe is a Dream, The Universe is Virtual, A Course in Miracles, The Coloring Book, and The Undreaming Chronicles. It's Alex Marchand. Welcome back to the podcast, Alex. Hello. Great to be on again. Yay. And um, it's so interesting when we were talking about um, what to talk about today with the course, you had such a great suggestion um, about talking about forgiving the first law of chaos, which (laughs) the ego's five laws of chaos are um, very, very interesting and offer us such an understanding of how the ego works. And I wanted to go ahead and explain what the first law of chaos is. And often we have new people that have found this podcast. So I want to welcome any new listeners. This is a spiritual podcast about the spiritual thought system, A Course in Miracles. And so um, we talk about that uh, exclusively on this podcast. And it's so interesting, Alex. The first law of, of chaos is that the truth is different for everyone and that there is a hierarchy of illusion. So some things seem harder to forgive or overcome than others. And one of the major teachings of the Course is that all sons, capital S, <laughs> are the same. So equal in content, being the mind, not in form, of course, because everybody, everybody looks different. But what I find so interesting, this first law of chaos, that there's a hierarchy of illusions, the miracle, the first miracle, corrects this right away, saying there is no order of difficulty in miracles, the miracle being a shift in perception, a shift in the mind from the ego's way of thinking to the Holy Spirit or Jesus. So the, the, there is one, mir- one thing is not harder, bigger than another to forgive. So they're all the same. And we're kind of going to go over, you know, why that is and talk about forgiveness, which is the cornerstone of the Course's teaching and it, what gets us home to have into the home we never left. So that's just a brief a brief overview and um, turning it over to you, Alex, <laughs> yeah. for your comments. Yeah, um, the, the first law of chaos is, was always something when I first read it, it just resonated with me. I was like, oh, okay, that's why everyone's always fighting. You know, they have their own yeah. um, hierarchy of illusions that they've established for themselves. Um, 
Yeah. The, the quote from the course, it goes, um, the first chaotic law is that the truth is different for everyone. Like all these principles, this one maintains that each is separate and has a different set of thoughts that set him off from others. This principle evolves from the belief there is a hierarchy of illusions. Some are more valuable and therefore true. Each one establishes this for himself and makes it true by his attack on what another values. <laughs> and this is justified because the values differ and those who hold them seem to be unlike and therefore enemies. And so I just see that you know, everywhere. And it seems like um, there's two themes to everything I have to forgive. The first law of chaos and um, the entropy, the second law of thermodynamics from physics um, in work in the universe. But we are living in a world where there is so much information available that you can find evidence for whatever you want to believe. Um, there are people still trying to maintain monopolies on truth, but it isn't working. On the one right. hand, te technology makes it easier to find truth, but on the other hand, technology makes it easier to fake truth and distort truth and make what people want to believe seem true. And there is this sort of thing going on where people are getting more and more into their own little um, hierarchies of illusion cults, is what I like to call it. <laughs> Excellent and, um, so, way to put it. And then all these little cults fight. So, I mean, we know the whole universe is fake, but right. it is full of true enoughs where our uh, personal hierarchies of illusion tend to overlap. For example, three minus two equals one is true enough. Um, three minus two equals one is a truth that humans and computers all agree upon. You know, um, three minus two equals one is the kind of truth that if you ignore it and try to do something like uh, build a house without it, the house will probably at best turn out lopsided or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. And philosophy is what humans invented to intellectually look for truth. Um, philosophy asks three main questions, even though they are all really the same question with the same answer. Um, philosophy asks what is real, which is metaphysics, what is true, which is epistemology, and what is good, uh, which is ethics. And the mm. ultimate answer to all those questions is oneness. Uh, oneness is the only capital T truth. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, but, but we know that in this universe ruled by the laws of chaos, there are seemingly hierarchies of illusions. And as a result, we can only ever find the true enough, you know, the true enough to satisfy our subjective objectives. Um, and, one thing I've been thinking about a lot is uh, computers in, in regard to um, the first law of chaos. Um, computers are a tool humans have invented to you know, kind of look for truth. It's like a, a way of thinking that uh, avoids, you know, human problems. Like computers, they're an attempt at objective intellect, kind of. Um, computers have been getting a lot smarter recently, and as a result, artificial intelligence is seeming less and less like science fiction. You know, as far right. as I know, there is still no real artificial intelligence. Um, current AI is just um, expert systems. Expert systems don't think like humans. Um, people are 
irrational and most of the time decide based almost totally on things like emotion, unconscious guilt, subconscious uh, biological urges, you know, not reason mm-hmm. and evidence. Mm-hmm. Computers, yeah. <laughs> Computers decide based on all known program possibilities. Um, humans decide based on subjective factors, and then they proceed to try to rationalize decisions after making decisions. We know our only choice is ever really love or fear, since fear always you know, sneaks in to some extent due to unconscious guilt. Right. Outside of um, the decision to forgive, humans decide with the ego and then rationalize after the fact. So to replicate, yeah. So to replicate human thinking, you'd have to um, program computers to make decisions somewhat randomly off of uh, limited data, and then the computers would need to be programmed to spend energy rationalizing the decisions to maintain a kind of computer ego. Right. So, true artificial intelligence would have mind. You know, intellect is not mind. Mind is the decision maker between fear and love, ego and spirit. Yeah. You know, something has mind if the universe is rendered for it. That's that's what I talk about in my book. The universe is virtual. No mind means just probability. Um, however, if um, however, I I don't know how you really measure what really has mind. It's the kind of thing you can only prove to yourself. Basically, if the universe is rendered for you, you are a mind. Um, Some people speculate that quantum computing might be a key ingredient to making true artificial intelligence, whatever true would really mean. Um, Mm -hmm. Quantum computing is, it's a realized thing, but it still isn't very good or very practical. Um, maybe some secret quantum computers are good, but the known ones aren't. Um, and an interesting thing about quantum computers is that they need to be isolated from observers, from minds, in order to work. Ah. Because Yeah, because quantum computers only work as probabilities, not as rendered actualities. They need to uh, remove what is called quantum decoherence to work. In that sense... Um, Quantum computing is like a fancy scientific way of um, reading entrails or tea leaves. It's like a modern version of that. You you see what the universe renders out of the sea of probabilities. Um, you'll know when a true quantum computer is ever made because it will render current encryption obsolete, which would put the whole modern technological world in great peril, um, regardless of how the quest for quantum computers evolves by simply uh, diving into the possibility. I, I think a lot of new things will likely be discovered, and those new things will likely have a hard time fitting into the existing models of how the universe is presumed presumed to work. Um, right. The models, yeah, the models humans make about how things work are always incomplete. Humans rationalize the seemingly known. Um, As an example, and I use this in uh, my book, The Universe is Virtual, surveyors work with small sections of the uh, Earth's surface. So in their model of the Earth, they can treat the Earth as flat and get accurate conclusions. But in the bigger picture, that model wouldn't work. 
um, the standard model in physics is similar in that it, it works well enough in most applications, but it is not true in the bigger picture. You know, it's part of the hierarchy of illusions thing. Like you can live life thinking that matter is primary and that matter makes mind. And we know that way of thinking works to a certain degree. Of course, uh, the A Course in Miracles reality is that the world is an outward picture of our inward condition. But since there is feedback in the system, you can mix it up and still come to accurate conclusions. For instance, say you feel unhealthy. Um, you decide with your mind to make some physical changes. And after you make those changes, you feel good. You could say that, oh, well, you feel good because you changed your body. But really, the body is just reflecting a decision made in, in your mind, and the feedback of the physical changes was the magic you needed to feel better without giving credit to mind being primary. We, all right. We all, Very well yeah, we said. All do that. Yeah, we all do that kind of stuff all the time, so it's just part of how things go. Um, right, right. We, we confuse cause and effect, and, and when we confuse cause and effect, we start taking the world way too seriously. We start, <laughs> yes. yeah, we start to take our subjective hierarchies of illusion seriously. Uh, yes. That's why about a year ago, I uh, started a little blog uh, titled Forgiving the News. Oh, um, well, <laughs> such, yeah. a, such a great topic to forgive, right? Yeah. We're endless opportunities. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're always looking for uh, new stuff to uh, yeah, comp, yeah, apply A Course in Miracles to. So, um, <laughs> News is right up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you get into that, and you get into lots of first law chaos stuff. Like um, for years, I've, no, I've taken notice, one particular area where a large number of Course in Miracles students and teachers alike consistently uh, fail in their forgiveness <laughs> lessons. And that, that's the realm of politics, which is very much inter, intertwined with the news. How did uh, I know you were going to say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, because there is hardly a more blatant area for or arena, for that matter, for, for looking for division. At, yeah, yeah, for looking at the first law of chaos in action in society. I mean, politics—it's everything's right there. You know, right. politics is the poster child for the first law of chaos. Right. Since probably like ninety um, percent of a course in miracles people lean left instead of right politically. Uh, the course community, I, I, I see it doing a lot of fake forgiveness in that area um, until <laughs> a political political atheist like me chimes in to play devil's advocate. Because, right. uh, you, know, you know, a lot of uh, ego self-deception creeps in there without when you're you're lacking an opposing viewpoint. So right, I find myself right. having to go in and pick on the left more than the right in order to combat rather than feed that political unforgiveness. Um, right. Well, let me, you know, what's so interesting is that news is, is, is propaganda. It's just perception. Yes. Politics is perception. And the course is perception is a result, not a cause. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we first choose a thought system we want in the mind that gets projected outward. So it's so interesting. The ego, as we know, to protect itself, to protect its system, has to focus 
entirely on form. Yes, believing, exactly. oh, there's a hierarchy of values. There's a hierarchy of beings. This is the first yeah. law of chaos. We think that what we perceive is reality. So we, we're obsessed with defending <laughs> everything in our in yeah, right. political beliefs. You're so on and you know, fall right into it. And it's often very, very hard for people because they're like, but, 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 but he said, but she said, but they said, but, but, but. It's it's a difficult classroom. However, it is a classroom. And something else came to mind that you said that I focus on this podcast um, and with clients and everything a lot is not taking everything so seriously. It's yes. it's so important in the practice of the course when we we take things so seriously. Obviously, this means it's it's real to us, or we wouldn't take it seriously. And Ken Wapnick talks so much about this, about, you know, we forgot to laugh at the tiny mad idea of mm-hmm. separation at the beginning. So are we going to continue to not laugh at it? <laughs> or are we going to make yeah. it real, especially through a classroom like politics, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. I've, I've just been thinking about this so much for years now. Because, um, <laughs> you know, it's just such a great place to look at and, you know, kind of, figure out all the ego tricks that you don't fall for them. Like there are main, there are two main reasons most people are so bad at forgiving politics. Um, (laughs) And, um, and, you know, they're both related to, uh, you know, the ego thought system and everything. So like the first one I'd say is um, uh, it's because most people play the duality game and pick sides, you know, Picking a side (laughs) is essentially joining a guilt projection cult, especially in the realm of politics. So when you join a guilt projection cult, cult. I love that. Yeah. So once you join a guilt projection cult, you shoot yourself in the foot when it comes to forgiveness because you get your news sultured through your cult and lose track of the reality of uh, the perceived opposition. So, you tie your ego to your cult being right and innocent and the other being wrong and guilty. I mean, if you were actually forgiving, you you couldn't even be suckered into, you know, (laughs) getting into a guilt projection cult. And so that's like the one reason. And another reason is that um, politics uh, is, it's fighting over the control of the guns of government and where those guns are aimed. So naturally people don't want government guns aimed at themselves and also people lust for the power of controlling those guns. It's like uh, the rings right. of power from the Lord of the Rings. So it's easy yeah. to make, it's easy yeah. to make the illusion quite real when it comes to government, you know, government, is an attempt at a monopoly on the initiation of force in society. So people both want to use government force to impose their hierarchy of illusions on others, and they want to protect protect against um, other people wanting to impose their hierarchy illusions. Yes, well said. So once you've been culturally programmed to just accept this kind of government game as a given necessity in society. You've conceded yourself to the initiation of force being acceptable in society. And, and that is a violation of the golden rule. And the golden rule has become so important to me because I 
just like meditating on this concept, um, I was kind of compelled to look in the course and there's an answer in there to this. And so, um, and there is. And when it comes to behavior on the level of form, the only thing I care about now is the golden rule. That's the only thing objective enough for me to take seriously. And I got the quote right here from A Course in Miracles that I found. And uh, this has just been my guiding principle ever since I found it. Um, This is from the text, chapter one, section three, paragraph six. It says, you respond to what you perceive. And as you perceive, so shall you behave. The golden rule asks, you do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This means that the perception of both must be accurate. The golden rule is the rule for appropriate behavior. You cannot behave appropriately unless you perceive correctly. Since you and your neighbor are equal members of one family, as you perceive both, so will you do to both. You should look out from the perception of your own holiness to the holiness of others. So that just was uh, a great mind. Wow. Because awesome. first, first off, there's this issue where, you know, I'm into A Course in Miracles. It's all about the mind. But, you know, in everyday life, you're like, well, how should I behave, really? And it's a, and there's basically one part in there where it talks about, well, how should I behave? Well, the golden rule is how you should behave. Um, right. In political speak, the golden rule is simply this. It's we as humans should strive for all our human interaction to be voluntary, not forced. That's the most peaceful way of um, combating the first law of chaos in human society and all the fighting it causes because, you know, you just all you have to do is establish the golden rule as that essential common rule, you know, a, a something in our that we can agree upon in our hierarchy evolutions. So once you start to compromise on the golden rule, you start planting the seeds of your own demise and, <laughs> and right. government, it, government is a compromise on the golden rule. Um, the, yeah. the last, the last five of the 10 commandments are about basic things you shouldn't do. If you wish to follow the golden rule and not sow the seeds of your own demise, like, um, don't kill people, don't right. steal, don't covet the possessions of others, don't break your commitments, um, don't bear false witness, and also honor your mother and father if they follow the golden rule is what I would say. Um, if they don't and in turn act against the Ten Commandments, then you know, I would think that commandment must be null and void at that point. Um, right. And full disclosure, my politics at this point in time is very simple. My politics are the golden rule. You know, it's a great stance because to argue against it is to argue for one's own demise. It's, it's extremely rare to be in a, situa- in a situation where um, compromising on the golden rule is the best choice. I mean, you probably never even run into one in your whole life, really. Um, <laughs> so when your politics are simply the golden rule, uh, the guilt protection called they, they don't have any appeal other than as a window into other people's hierarchy of illusions. Um, some people into spirituality like to say their politics is love, you know, rather than like the golden rule. But 
simply saying love is just it's too vague for the ego not to weave violations of the golden rule out of uh, such vagueness. Yeah, weave violation. I love yeah. your, your terminology. <laughs> oh my God, it's it's so nice. I love every people who understand the course have their way of expressing it, the same truth, but ways that people can understand. And that's what I love about you so much. I encourage people to read Alex's books because it's just, it'll, you'll, it'll open your mind as ways to, to look at it and really to understand the illusion and wake up from it. (laughs) So I love it. Hey, I wanted to comment on one thing, um, with, uh, you know, about politics and stuff like that. You know, one thing that I've noticed over the years, and this is all to the ego's delight, mm-hmm. I've never believed everything on one side or the other. Oh, like, yeah, you definitely. can't, I know that it seems like an obvious comment, but it's almost like I've always right. been, um, um, I'm not Democrat or Republican or mm-hmm. Libertarian or, you know, whatever. I'm, yeah, right kind of just what I am, but I, I, I've always been that way, but I, I see points, you know, within, within the world, within mm-hmm. the illusion on all sides. And it's important for people to remember that the ego would have it no other way yeah, because right. that's even more confusing. Some people want to hold their view so tightly, but mm-hmm. then someone in another perspective will say something. They're like, no, but I, I think that, though. I do agree with that, you know. So you can't always, it's, no. it's just all, all to the ego's delight, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I often like to say when you try to co- combine uh, spirituality and politics, what comes out the other side tends to be a whole lot of uh, BS. Uh, yeah. That's that's why I, I draw the limit on the golden rule. You know, I was I was so happy. That's a to great find, thing. Find yeah, that. that's great. Yeah, and and you know when it comes to government, like I I don't vote, I never have, it's never really, yeah, it just never appealed to me. I, um, I never have, and I, I actually never hope to, um, you know, not to be like a jerk about it, but it's it's like beneath my dignity <laughs> to be you know no, represented you by someone I don't even know and to vote against the golden rule because voting against the golden rule is pretty much what you do whenever you vote for anything, especially if what you vote for wins. And, and, and you can't trust what people who vote say about politics, you know, yeah, politics my, is oh, perception. My own heart too much, but <laughs> because uh, by voting, they obviously have a preference. And so, you know, you're not neutral and objective, you know, egos like to be right more than happy, you know, that's right. That's so, right. Well, so they're, they're going to, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Uh, you're you're bringing up so many things that I'm I'm thinking of as, as you're saying, and to to I'm thinking about my own experience too. Um, here's I love what you're saying about your politics is the golden rule and everything. I would say mine is too, and I would say kind of why it is or or how mm-hmm. I think. I think from from everybody's experience experiences in how in practicing the courses is, is um, different. But what, what I experience through it is when I'm in the right mind, when I remember to wake up and lead from putting the Holy Spirit in charge, I naturally find myself doing what is kind or what is, you know, appropriate mm-hmm. in any situation, which would certainly be, 
include the principles of the of the golden rule and things like that. I often, you know what one of the biggest things for me, Alex, that I've recognized over the year, and I, I say my experience all the time because I know everybody is in a different place and we all are, mm-hmm. you know, where we are with our practice. But what, what I've really noticed is, um, and being a therapist by trade, it's been incredibly helpful over the last decade that when I give everything over, I, I lead with the right mind instead of leading with the wrong mind with with the ego i find that i don't have to worry about the response now saying that people can understand that intellectually but Mm -hmm. i i experience not being concerned about what comes out of my mouth because as the course says the body's outside us and not our concern now that doesn't mean nobody's denying the body and denying Rather, just denying the ego's interpretation. And so I find when I'm in that right mind, I automatically I'm kind, but I don't choose the form that that takes. Does that make sense? Yeah, so right. yeah, I always yeah, use I the analogy of my, my clients. Like everybody's different that comes to me with their issues or something like that. Well, I'll say something to client A, something to client B, something different to client C, so, or, but it's the content is the same in my mind. I don't see them as separate than me. Um, my words kind of take form when I'm looking at them correctly in the mind. I'm not sure what's going to come out, but they always say, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. Well, it's helpful because there's no Jackie involved in that. How how would I know? (laughs) But the Holy Spirit uses my, I mean, I use my skill sets as a therapist, but under the direction of the right mind. So this is just something you were bringing up when you were talking about, gosh, just live by the goal, live by, I feel like when you're in the right mind, you do, because all you can be is kind. The Holy Spirit knows nothing except peace and, and kindness. And another important point, um, I talk about this a lot in my group too, course group, is that, you know, kindness, we're, I'm not talking about the kindness where, oh, I'm being kind to you because you're suffering yeah, and your right. problems are real, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking yeah. about the, the kindness from the right mind, which is really seeing there's nobody separate mm-hmm. from you. And it, I, I take this role as, as a therapist, but in my mind, I know there's no separation, me and my clients, and I just let the words take form and everything like that. So that type of kindness is really, we're really being kind when we're thinking about people correctly. Again, this is, the course is only about mind, we know. And so then whatever comes out from that right-minded thought system is what comes out and I let that be you know what I mean yeah right yeah it's just like um one thing you know I I tell people to remember is that you know like so you get into like politics or anything you say well any political system would work if people were sane because that system would (laughs) default to a system that doesn't violate the golden rule Right. And if people were totally sane, not only would there be no political systems, there'd be no world. So, but of course, you know, even if people were just sane enough to follow the golden rule on the behavior level, even though it it created this uh, contradiction with what's in the mind, um, 
the world would say, still save itself a lot of ego drama, which is why the world tends to ignore the golden rule. You know, the world <laughs> right. is set up for a whole lot of victims and victimizer scripts, a whole lot of ego drama. So um, yes. sanity precludes the need for the universe when taken to its extreme. So that's why, you know, I'm just, I, part of being kind is I, I'm neutral on anything beyond just simple truth, like uh, three minus two equals one and, and the beneficial logic of something so simple as the golden rule. Very well said. I mean, very well said. And, and you know what? We do have to use uh, magic, the Course says, in the world. Obviously, we're drinking water. We're eating food. I mean, right. yeah. we do the normal things. And, and living by the golden rule is, is a wonderful thing to do. I mean, the, the, why, why wouldn't we do that is, is, the, is the thing. Yeah, and we're right. coming from our right, right mind. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Again, we think what we perceive out there is reality, and we spend our lives defending things. Oh, this is good. This is bad. <laughs> this is this. This is that. Yeah. You know. But it's it's interesting that seeing our lives as a classroom, which is what the Holy Spirit is is trying to is is helping us do, is um, bringing what the body's eyes show us <laughs> yeah. using those things to come, come back to the mind because we've lost sight of the total picture when we're involved in the world. And like you said, politics is one of the major things we make real, but we've lost sight of the total picture, which is that an illusion is an illusion yes, is right. an illusion. <laughs> right. And it, yep. it's very, it, it's very hard. It's, 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 hard to um, not pay attention to what we see but you know the course is talking about seeing is really the interpretation from the right mind so the body's eyes will still see form and report what it sees and come (laughs) to you Um, and the ego wants us to judge those differences see differences and judge them but when we start to recognize as our practice with the course that when we really know that our reality and the illusion is of a dreaming mind. When we really start to bring things back to the back to the mind and change our interpretation of what we see, we have a totally different experience of our life here, you know? So again, it's not that we're denying what we're seeing. We're just looking at everything differently. We're choosing a different teacher. We have this this classroom where we don't wake up and go poof in the night, you know, to enlightenment, but yeah. we move into a, a gentler way of being. And I think your example of living with the golden rule is, is a great example of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the yeah. level of form. Great example. Yeah. And just, and um, yeah, cause I've, you know, I've, that's been my thing for many years now since I ever just started taking that seriously. And I nice. just, and every time politics comes up, I just think, okay, let's, you know, get the ego out of the way. Let's just look at this golden right. rule style. Right. Um, Very good. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's why I've, I've tried, you know, really well. I mean, I tried my best to stay as neutral as I can about, you know, the whole Trump thing that's got so many people literally crazy. Um, right. Right. Um, because, you know, after all, I, I can't help 
people forgive their uh, projections on something like Trump if I let myself get infected by a Trump derangement syndrome. You know, it's, it's epidemic. <laughs> it's epidemic, including in the in the course community. But it's part right. of the first law of chaos. Um, That's just, right. Uh, for those who don't know what Trump derangement syndrome is, as I use that term, it's a it's a term to to describe a person who hates Trump so much that they just seem demented to those not suffering from the syndrome. Right. Um, <laughs> I, and, you know, there are friends and family that, you know, I, I literally cannot quite communicate with properly these days because, you know, they're just obsessed with hating Trump and living in a guilt projection fantasy reality that I just can't sufficiently relate to. Um, I'm sure, not sure. in their guilt projection cult, so their rants don't compute with me. Like they went from endless guilt projection about you know the Koch brother conspiracies and to to being deranged about Trump, who the Koch brothers didn't support and don't like. Um, it's just you know it's just it goes on and on, that, doesn't that's it? That's the forgiveness <laughs> lessons always in front of my face, you know. So exactly. I find it interesting. Yeah, I find it interesting how. The political right, it just seems to understand the left better than the left understands the right, because we all know the media, Hollywood, academia, and um, uh, the government employed class. They just overwhelmingly support the left, you know. Therefore, everyone gets exposed to the left presented in a positive light and the right in a, you know, sinister, distorted light. But not everyone gets exposed to the right in a positive light. Right. As a whole, the right's views of things are there's there no worse a hodgepodge of violations of the golden rule than the left's views. It's it's all a hodgepodge of uh, nonsense. If you go right. far enough left and far enough right, there are convergences of agreement. Like um, both sure. are very anti-corporatism. You know, corporatism is the merger of business with a government force, but. The first law of chaos keeps the left and right separated from agreement, even where they agree, you know, right. with, uh, <laughs> yeah, with the corporatism stuff, the left's guilt projection cults are, they're, uh, they're not so great at teaching economics, uh, including in academia, because to teach economics honestly is to teach the whole spectrum, you know, especially free market golden rule economics, which actually undermine many of the left's um, you know, sacred objectives like I don't know, um, socialized healthcare, for instance. Um, right. Corporatism right. is not you know free market capitalism. That's that's one that's one forgiveness lesson I always run into because you know capitalism is I write a book and people voluntarily buy it or not. You know, there's nothing evil about it. It follows the golden rule without violation. You know, if I now if I wrote a book and got the government to pass a law requiring people by force to buy my book and you know, to buy your book. <laughs> that, yeah, that's corporatism. That's uh, that right. violates the golden rule, you know. Great great example. Great yeah. example. And um the left and right, uh, you know, they both project on each other relentlessly. You know, I, Absolutely. I, but I I find it uh, especially amusing um how the left uh talks like it's not greedy and selfish it's, it's only its opponents are selfish and greedy right now right. this is uh selfish all to the ego's um, delight yeah <laughs> i've i've looked into the course recently of course if you spot it you've got it you know everyone is selfish on the level of form but you know greed levels vary 
uh, greed varies based on things like people have like bio survival anxiety of different levels. So, and so like, I'm like, whenever people start talking about selfishness, I always go like, do you know who the unselfish people are? Uh, they're dead. Survival is selfish. Uh, think of all the people in the world in need of organ transplants right now. The non-selfish mm-hmm. people are already dead and donated their organs to those people in need, you know. The course it, only talks about selfishness, I think, once, and it contrasts it with contrasts it with self-fullness, which is the reality of the mind free of the ego. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. excellent. And, you know, it's so interesting. We just have a few minutes left here, but what's so interesting about what you're saying, too, is, you know, it goes right into the ego's basic premise of one or the other. I mean, yeah. kill or be killed. Right, yeah, yeah. That gets into and the fourth and fifth laws of chaos. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, this was such a great conversation. Of course, I'm going to have you back again. We can go go yeah. on and on about this. Yeah. Just a well, couple this minutes. Is, this is one yeah. subject that I can always just mouth off on forever yeah. when you start talking about... Um, forgiving <laughs> politics because i just right. see there's just so much stuff i see there's every so much day there. Like, it's, yeah. it's so much material oh so, there's so uh, much anyway, material i mean i could just say so much more but um i did we're gonna do a part down, two alex we're gonna do a part okay. two i did write down seven tips for um you know now even some of these tips would have made more sense if you know we we had more time and i could get into them but we're gonna do a part tips. two Okay, but I'm going to name these seven tips, so because why wait? Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so unforgiveness is just self-deception, making up a story to justify grievance. Um, to see things as they really are is to forgive everything. So I'm going to give these seven tips for spotting unforgiveness so you can avoid self-deception and so you can forgive the first law of chaos and in turn politics and everything else. Okay, so tip one, I say, is look out for getting sucked in by guilt projection cults. Um, Getting out of those uh, guilt projection cults is my first major tip for forgiving, especially politics. It's fine to be aware of the cults and keep track of what they are projecting guilt upon, but you can't get sucked into them, you know. A sure sign you aren't forgiving politics is that taking sides in those cults is very appealing. Uh, That's right. They are ego. They're ego food, you know, not soul food. For and for anyone suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, I've been saying this for a couple of years now. Um, uh, I want the, a good recommendation is um, for rehab is to listen to a Dilbert Dilbert comic creator Scott Adams. Oh yeah. He provides. Um, <laughs> This, this great alternative look at Trump outside the left versus right guilt projection cults. I, I know uh, Wonderful the, I know the left guilt projection cults, you know, don't want people uh, listening to Scott Adams, but, you know, by, but defiantly do so you, if you have a, <laughs> and, and I also say, um, yeah, the one thing about Scott is he, Scott Adams is he has this, Maybe I like him because he's a comics guy too, but um, he teaches a lot of um, just it's it's this secular forgiveness. It's like the religion part's not on it, but he's really teaching a lot of forgiveness. Um, 
he suspects that the universe is some sort of simulation, but you know, he doesn't have a message consistent with the golden rule. And I'd okay. say um, the golden rule is political enlightenment. Uh, and it comes after politics is forgiven because then you can't. Okay, tip two. Okay, we've well, got one one minute, so let's do tip two. Oh, we only have one minute? Okay, well, I'm just going to say, I'll just get to tip two. Okay, okay. look out for mind reading, okay? Mind reading is projection. So if you think you know, for example, what President Trump is thinking, all you're doing is projecting what you want to believe he is thinking, you know. Could you actually ah, tell me? Interesting. You, you know, sure. But even if you did, yeah, you'd never know for sure. And, and yes, you could project innocence too, but, you know. Guilt is the troublemaker. So I guess we'll end it there. And um, Oh, my gosh. You know what? I'm going to try to set our part two for an hour um, yeah. because this was so awesome. And check your email, Alex, because I want to talk okay. to you for a minute off, off air. Um, okay. So check your email right after this. And as always, it was so great to have you on. And we're going to do a part two, and we're going to get through yeah. your, your seven tips. For sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I'm not a big th- talker on every topic, but, you know, this one. But this is good. Uh, hey, yeah. I'm going to take you when I can get you. So this, okay. is, this, this is great. We can, like you're right, we can talk forever about this, which is what I say about the course in these shows. You could, it, you, there's just so much. So I want to thank you so much, Alex. It's alexandermarchand.com. And I want to thank all the listeners and tell you all to have a good week. So be well. Blessings, everyone. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.